We are live on Rockfin. I'm almost certain. Gonna wait a moment, give Rockfin time to to catch up here. What you got there? I have Liquid Death Mango Chainsaw, and it's fantastic. It's water, and <laughs> it's, it's water. It's, it's yeah, it's sparkling water, but it's the best sparkling water I've ever had in my entire life. What Liquid, a name for sparkling water! Liquid Death. Liquid Death. Sponsor me. <laughs> That sounds like one of those energy drinks that you drink right. it and then you're just like jacked up like you're Hunter Biden on crack or something for like an hour. It's, and then the next day you just feel horrible. Well, they're, they're wa- their straight water is good too, but it's like it's too expensive to buy the water. But this I can I can justify. I like this stuff. But I have been carded for it because the cashier just believed it was beer. Just thought, oh, that, that looks like beer to me. That's what I assumed it was. It's beer. All right, so I'm looking at the... Okay, there we go. Now now we got that red button. All right. So we're definitely live on Rockfin now. So let's go ahead and, and jump into the show. CNN desperately attempts to compare Trump to the world of the upside down in Stranger Things and three of the worst Hunter Biden takes that you will ever hear. I want to get... A, I, I want us to vote on them. You're watching the Propaganda Report Drive Time News Blast. I'm Brad Binkley. Joining me again today to help out is the co-host of the Mad Ones podcast and the best Tucker Carlson guest he's ever had, Cam Harless. Cam, how you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm drinking my my beautiful beer-looking water and looking at a beautiful man. So I think I think I'm doing okay. I assume you're talking about me, and there's not somebody behind the camera over there, right? Oh, no, 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 no. There's I see a picture of myself. Oh, I see, I see. That's yeah. that's good point. I should not have presumed. I, do you think I look at you when we're talking? I never look at anyone other than myself. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know that that is a problem with the Zoom. I, I read something about Zoom dysphoria once, where <laughs> all these people were going into psychologists throughout the pandemic. Well, not going in; they were doing it virtually, causing more Zoom dysphoria. And isn't that kind of ironic? <laughs> there, people develop Zoom dysphoria because they're staring at themselves constantly, and they start to worry about every little thing about how they look, yeah. and then they go to a psychologist to address this, and then they have to engage in that very practice again. But it was just about how people, they just get so focused on themselves when they're in these Zoom calls that they start to just be critical of everything and, and get kind of a, a messed up perception of, of how they look. And you, know, you can tell too sometimes when you're in a bunch of these Zoom calls and, and you can see, yeah. I think, where people are, they kind of get distracted and zone out. And it's like, I think they were probably looking at something specific on their face they were worried about, you know? <laughs> well, what's funny is like, if I'm on like a FaceTime call on my phone, I end up looking at my myself too much for some reason. I don't know why it is, but with these, I'm look, I'm making eye contact with you the whole time. So yes, that was a compliment, but I have to have that for the interaction. If I can't react off of your reactions, what am I going to do? Just stand here, sit here. Well, you know what Saul Alinsky said? He said, the action is in the reaction. And that's something to always keep in mind. Especially this day and age when we are an activist nation where everything everybody does, you showed us with the AOC fake handcuffs thing the other day, everything everybody does is an attempt to cause that reaction. And they they base their actions and their plan on how they anticipate the opposition will react to their provocation. Just provocation after provocation left and right. I say in like maybe 15 years, if we continue at this pace, just like everybody in Congress is just going to be a troll. It's just going to be people who were the best trolls and provocateurs just up there, you know, yelling at each other and just ribbing each other all day long. I mean, it might be fun. 
do you see that recent woman who's trying to get elected? I don't know what for, but she did an upside down twerking video. I heard campaign. about that. I didn't see it. No. And then there were there were like different uh, posters that were like twerking for. Uh, what's it? Uh, fair wages or whatever. Twerking or for fair wages, yeah, right? It's the it's. We live in an upside down world. No, what about those who can't twerk or or who don't have the backside to appropriately twerk? We need equality for those with thin bottoms, so they can also twerk as well. We got yeah. There twerk was another twerk rights. Right. There was a campaign ad. I played it a while back on. I might have played it on a Rockfin show, but it was a. Uh, woman who was running for a local office in I think it was Texas and she was losing in the in the polls and she needed to get some attention to herself to try and try and make it close and so what she did is she got on like a giant mechanical bull out in a field naked and she made a TikTok video just naked and she she was she wasn't the type of person that you might see at a nude bar in Key West which is usually like two nude truckers sitting next to you on a bar stool which <laughs> I had that experience happen to me definitely not what I was expecting going going into my first nude bar when I was in college and, and I was not nude just for the record the truckers were dudes truck, right is that, no I'm sitting there drinking bread. a beer and I looked to my left and I looked to my right and I was like wow I'm literally sitting next to two giant trucker dudes who are just comfortably butt naked in this bar. I need to leave now. <laughs> oh, speaking of truckers, there is a story that I saw and I'm not to distract from your to your truckers that were hanging brain next. It's to fine. Me. We can definitely um, distract from that. Um but beyond that, um so there's like a trucker uh, there've been a lot of trucker protests over the last mm -hmm. year, I think. Oh, um, yeah. You know, there was the big one in Canada, and right now there's one going on in California because uh, they, there was a new law that went through. I think it's called AB5, um, and the the new law kind of takes an attack at the gig economy, and particularly independent truckers. So what it did is it, it hit this gig economy stuff, trying to make it so that anyone who works for Uber, for Lyft, for any of these places, that they have rights and can unionize. And so what it's ha what's happened is these independent truckers who have been working for themselves for, you know, who, who, who knows, months, years, decades, can no longer afford to be independent because of this law. And so they all pulled their trucks up to the port in um, one of the Californian ports. Um, I can't remember which which port it was, um, but they are it's it's like the second biggest. Um, it's in Oakland. So it's, it's, it's in Oakland, but it's like the second biggest port that's used in the United States. And so they, they get meat there. They get, they, uh, export and import meat, uh, fruits, nuts, almonds. I'm sorry, whip, if this is affecting you. Um, but they're, they're going up there and they say they won't roll on until, um, AB five is gone. And so, Right now, there's a threat to this the already hurting supply ch chain because of what the government did during COVID, during this COVID experiment, whatever it was. And so they're really freaking out. And they're like, this meat is going to go bad if we don't, if they don't get out of our way and stop blocking these ports and blocking our workers from being able to unload and upload, unload and load, not upload. It's not a computer. Um, but the, what they've said is one of the things they're worried about is that the the meat might get to a temperature where they have to freeze it, which makes it less valuable, or it's just going to go bad. So right now, the truckers are at it again, being the most outwardly pro, pro not I don't want to most outward protesters and fighters for freedom in the United States at this moment. 
That's because they have the power to affect things because yeah. they're transporting that stuff. And so, and they realize that. And so they can leverage that. The worry there though, is knowing that they have that power, the truckers have that power. You know, that, that agenda of automatic driving trucks, they're going to be pushing that even harder because they don't want these people to have that power over them to stop it. So they're going to work really harder to eliminate them, to take that power away from them. But hopefully they will fail at that. I don't know how the trials and experiments have gone with the self-driving trucks. I do know that it's no fun driving in between trucks when you're winding up a mountain in Tennessee or something like that. And there, yeah, it can be a scary thing. But driving a truck, man, that's a tough job. I don't, have you ever yeah. stayed at one of those hotels, like on you know, just kind of off the highway? It's like a trucker hotel, not a, not a hotel. I'm talking like yeah, they have the hotels and they have the the trucker gas stations, which are always oh, yeah. cool to go into because like because the they have all the yeah, they got the souvenirs and the CB radios and all that stuff. And there's always like a little diner, and you can meet some interesting people there. And they have the showers; you can pay like ten dollars and right. go shower. I, I've done that once because I used to travel all the time back and forth to Chicago and back and forth to to Nashville, and so I, I used to go to those places and. Man, it's it's definitely a, a unique experience to meet some meet some of the meet some of those folks who are always out on the road. And I used to like talking to them on the CB radio because it, it'd be cool. Not, not like yeah. the movie where you say something to them and mess with them, and then it becomes a horror story. But just you know, kind of talking to them, and they'll talk to you. They'll tell you their story, yeah. and I, I stand with them for doing that. Use your power where you have it. So I, you, I, I got the I got the chant wrong though. The chant is the cargo won't flow till AB five goes. And in a rebuff on Thursday, uh, Newsom's yeah. office said no one should be caught by surprise by the law's requirements. The industry should should focus on supporting this transition. They're not surprised by it. That's why they're there. What do you? Yeah, Newsom. He, he's probably not. Uh, he's probably not really a trucker guy. I don't know if he's going to be standing in solidarity with them. I think we need to start a list of people that I say that I would like to physically assault, so that we just have that on record. Um, because I mean, we, I want to get kicked off of YouTube. Um, <laughs> no, well, that will certainly do it for you. A, a hit list all, of people to assault. All I'm saying is that you should write it down. Anytime that I mention a physical altercation with someone, just to remember how bad of a person I am. Uh, knew some would get uh, a sissy slap for sure. Backhand or for, front hand. So you have some stuff about January 6th. The hearings, right? Yeah, but I want to hear, would you give him a backhand slap or a fronthand slap? Because they oh, mean well, different Newsom, things. Newsom's going to get, uh, I, he's going to get my pimp hand, which, as you know, is strong. Oh, yeah, no, I've seen it in action, definitely. <laughs> it's very strong. Okay, yeah, you're right. The January 6th hearing is going on. Is it going on right now? I think it's prime time tonight. It might not start until 8 tonight. I know they do, if, if they, I know they do the live buildup, and it's funny, on the one that they did at the first prime time hearing that they had, it was like the Super Bowl, you know? So all day long, you had people, we're live today leading up to the big event tonight. What do you expect to see? This is such a huge historic moment. You know, as though it was just the most amazing thing, and everybody in America was on the edge of their seat, having people over eating popcorn just so they could watch this thing that they've been waiting for for so long. Although I don't know if it really works out that way for them, but they are doing it in prime time to, spot, to put the spotlight on it again and... I have a, a clip that I want to play for you of a, a dude on CNN who is talking about what they're doing in, in the hearings, which we've talked about this for a while now. They're just making it a complete display, a dramatic display with teasers and everything. And this guy, he freely admits that that is what they're doing. Where is that clip? I had to lose that. Well, Hold and, on and that's one what second. surprises me. You say they're making this prime time and they're acting like this is some the big Texas event. House Committee. Like, 
<laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, yeah. But, but would you have watched them if you didn't do this show? No, of course not. Absolutely I sure, not. I would not have watched them. I, sh- I sure didn't. I, I heard this name, Cassidy, them throwing around this woman's name, and I was like, I don't know who that is, and I'm not going to look it up. <laughs> right. So it, it it is just like in you know a shyst show, but it does have a real impact, even if a lot of people aren't watching it. And while it seems their primary objective is to kind of influence or shape some of the public's opinion, I, I think it's more to radicalize people because I don't think they're actually influencing anybody to switch sides. I think they're really just going to radicalize the ones who are already on their side. They have like there's some legislation that was presented today. And it is directly uh, a result of this hearing, which I'll go into after I play this clip. This is, let me find the exact timestamp here of this. Okay, this is, this is audio. It's the same as I had yesterday because I don't have the video. The other stuff I have is going to be video, but I wanted to start it off with this guy just talking about what they're doing with the January 6th hearings. What's next? I think the media has to keep up with these shifting winds, this incredible desire for change. Uh, not surprisingly, Bill, every poll shows inflation tops people's concerns. It's ahead of something like January 6th. We do know there's uh, going to be a primetime hearing uh, by the committee on Thursday. seems like this is going to be the last uh, hearing in, of this series and then probably more in the fall. Does it make a difference to be in primetime? You're, you're our TV I, expert. Does it matter that primetime? I is think so. I do think so. They're yeah. announcing up, up front, this is big people. We're putting it in primetime. You know, when the president would make a statement, if he made it in. See, he even sounded like he was a Hollywood. This is big, people. It's going to be in prime time. What a douchebag. What, what I'm laughing at is that Stel- Stelter called it a series. I know. Right. That's what That's- I'm talking about. They don't even give the illusion that this is a, a real court hearing anymore. Yet in the same conversation, they start talking about our, our charges are going to be pressed. Is there going to be criminal action against the president? I'm like, you just admitted this is all a, a fantasy fiction, LARPing event. None of it is is actual justice. You know, there's no real fact finding mission here. And then they turn around and say, look at all the facts that have been uncovered. No, there's been no facts uncovered. All All there's been are people who are like, Three people removed from the incident they're talking about spreading hearsay that they heard through the grapevine. They, they don't have any actual, like, real—I mean, the, the main star witness they had last week was the guy who was the, like, media communications person for the Oath Keepers for a brief period back in 2016 right. and was yeah, unassociated we, we, with them. And, and this is your main guy. Yeah, it's—, it's these are, these are not serious people, and they're also – you can tell that the media, though they have ties to Hollywood, are not Hollywood. They do not know what they're doing. Yeah, if they were Hollywood, then everybody in Congress on the left would be gender neutral with a or short haircut. super hot. Right. Super hot? Well, yeah. I mean – Maybe. Do you think everybody in Hollywood super hot? You, you big Elliot Page fan? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling you to look at that tweet. Right? I'm not going to yeah, say yeah. it out loud, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm just saying. No, Elliot Page, Ellen Page, whatever. Um, no, but like Kate Mara, I could get behind her being a, my senator. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could, well, look, AOC. I could that's why AOC is popular. That's a, I, that's absolutely why AOC is a is in the Congress because she's good looking. Okay, and she's a chick who knows how to be provocative. And she, I don't know if you've ever looked at her Instagram, but she does what are basically ASMR videos for her however many followers that she has. 
she'll go on there and she'll sit in her apartment and she'll eat popcorn very close to the microphone. I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously she's trying to sexualize in an indirect way for the guys watching. I'm surprised she doesn't put her foot up in the camera lens and start putting lotion on it in front of them while talking about whatever agenda they're trying to push through. She knows exactly what she's doing. She is. She sounds dumb. She's not dumb. But she wouldn't be there if she had a jacked up face. Let's be honest. Yeah. If she wasn't a big booty Latina. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that booty. Though. Yeah. I mean, look. I'm not. AOC's good looking. Totally. She's like the type of person you'd get in a relationship with, and and you'd just hate her the whole time. But you'd be like, man, she's oh, good looking. Yeah. Have you heard? Um. Who was it? There was a comic. Um. I think it was Chris. Um. What's his name? Chris D something. I can't remember his last name. Uh, very Italian last name. Um, but uh, he was talking about how he is married to a Puerto Rican woman. And he said that if, if and you should watch his, his stand up for this, but he said that if the CIA or the NSA or any of that really wanted to, to spy on people, really wanted to get the information out there, really wanted to do their job, they should just hire Latino women to do it. Because they will spy on you. They will find it. And they, w- they will make sure you feel all the pain that you deserve. <laughs> so he, he can't find, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> all right, let's continue with this clip talking about how that hearing is being produced. Prime time, you knew it was bigger, right? I'm take, I'm I take think it the back same. a second. Take it back about right you're you're, you're our TV right? expert. Does it matter that prime time? I think so. I do think so. They're yeah. announcing up, up front, this is big people. We're putting it in prime time. You know, when the president would make a statement, if he made it in prime time, you knew it was bigger. Right. I think the same thing is happening here. And they have they have basically laid this out like a TV show. The cliffhangers at at the end of each episode. And now here's the at least the season finale. Right. The summer season finale. And they're going to try to swing big. And I think they're announcing that ahead of time. And so far, they've backed up their promises. They've said things are going to be, here's a surprise witness, and it was the biggest witness so far. I think they have something that they think is so big, they want to maximize the audience. Thursday night. And by the way, since it's in primetime, Fox News, unlikely to show it. Right. Uh, it probably won't get seen in right-wing media. Unlikely to sh- So they had their biggest thing so far. They're teasing it out. And they're teasing it out, first of all, because if they just did it all at one time, then they wouldn't be able to continue fundraising off of it. They wouldn't be able to run on that platform. Some of these people, believe it or not, are going to use this as their campaign platform for re-election. I was a member of this committee. If they're in California, obviously, Adam Schiff, when he's not Hunter Biden himself, which I'm sure he does a lot of. He, he probably spends a lot of time with Hunter Biden, if I do. Adam Schiff is the sleaziest, he seems like the sleaziest person on the planet, to be honest with you. Yeah. But he'll run for this on, on re-election. And if they, if they actually had... If they truly had the most damning evidence and they keep teasing it out like that, then is that not a disservice to the country? Like if you truly have something that is going to show America how horrible Trump was and, and the, the awful things that could continue to happen if we don't stop it, is it not their duty to tell us all of that at one time right away? Yeah, it absolutely right. is. And if they actually had something, they would tell us right away. But they don't, so they have to tease it out like a little drama so they can continue to con America. These people are pathetic. Yeah, uh, two things. One, that guy's voice, he has like he had like a slightly higher Bill Maher voice. Like if 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 Bill Maher sucked on just a little bit of helium, it would be his voice. Um Yeah, he, but, he talks like he's one of those guys where he can't get out of like like uh I'm a I'm a presenter mode. Here's what we need to talk about like this all the time. Like he's got this I'm always I'm not like a real person type of voice going on. 
Yeah. Well, and it's like, they're like, you know, Fox news isn't going to be showing this. It's like, yeah. And I don't think the, the, the Hallmark channel is going to be showing, uh, the free, like seventh psychopath corpse. They're not, they're not going to show two I mean, dudes banging each other on the Hallmark right. channel. Right. Cause that's not typically their programming style. It's, it's not what they like. Oh no. It's not like next week on Hallmark, two dudes banging, not going to happen. <laughs> Might though. Well, you know, in the world we're living in today, it might. It is. It's interesting when it comes to Hallmark. Is uh, what's her name from Full House? The woman who got screwed over by the college admission Lori, scandal, Lori, Lori Laughlin. Right. She she was able to come back and do a, other movies, but on the Hallmark Channel, where she's long been kind of reserved to the Hallmark Channel because she's a Christian. I remember yeah. before all this happened, when all that story broke out. I that's the first thing I noticed. I was like. You guys know that she's like an outspoken Christian, and she sure seems like a right-winger in all the statements that she made, which mm -hmm. makes it pretty clear what she's targeted to me. And so, look, Hallmark Channel's great. I love the Christmas the Christmas specials. They're all awesome on the Hallmark Channel, so I, I'm well, all for it. Here's the sad part. I meant to say Lifetime, but Lifetime. Hallmark came to mind first. Yes, Lifetime. Very similar. <laughs> okay. So... With these hearings going on, obviously all week they have been teasing them. They've been giving you previews through the news. So instead of like a movie trailer preview, what you get is like a five-minute segment in every single news show on CNN and MSNBC with one of the people who are on the committee that are saying, here's what you're going to see, and here's why you need to be ready, and here's why it's going to be the best one yet. You must tune in. And I think it's interesting how they're presenting it because each little uh, hearing they have, they have a different presenter. So one might be Adam Schiff, one might be one of the other Congress people. They all get their their chance to step up and shine, you know, in the spotlight. And so those are the ones that are going around and talking. And, and CNN, what they did is they do this segment called Reality Check. Have you ever seen this? I, I don't know if I've seen it. I've heard of it. I think John Avalon is the name of the guy who does it. And I think they stole that name from an. I can't remember. There's an alternative news guy. He used to do a segment called Reality Check. Yes, but yes, um, Ben Swan. Yes, Ben Swan. That's right. That's exactly who yeah. it was. I, so that's this what is I was like, thinking. I was like, yeah. I, I have, but not with CNN. No, this guy totally ripped this off from CNN. I remember when it happened because I remember Ben Swan's thing, and then I remember when this thing started. But what they're talking about here is election denialism. And, and this guy says, election denialism. I mean, this guy has the, the most obnoxious kind of like radio, television presenter voice you've ever heard. But he is trying to compare January 6th people who support Trump with the upside down in Stranger Things. I don't know if you haven't seen Stranger Things. It's not really a spoiler alert, but one of the main themes in the show is that there's a regular world and then there's an upside down world where everything is kind of like dark and scary and, and you know, you know, demented. And, and so that is what he is trying to compare Trump to. And this attempt to just get people to care by roping in these cultural references, it, it is, it's desperation. And I think you'll see that in some of these clips here. I gotta, it, so <laughs> it sounds like when you go to one of those churches who, instead of doing a regular sermon during the summer, they do like a movie series and they're like, this is Braveheart week at, at Cornerstone. Great. Oh, they try to get, yeah, they get people try to, yeah, they try to appeal to what people are into at the time to get them to come pay attention. That's, ex that's a great example right there. That's exactly what they're doing. I tell you what, man, I remember when I was younger, the first few times I went to those churches that had those fire and brimstone preachers. 
Yeah. Man, I never felt worse about myself leaving <laughs> leaving that sermon. I was like, God, well, I don't, don't want to come back here. I just feel terrible about myself. You feel like he's yeah. looking at you every time he talks. How does the guy know that, that me, I'm the sinner, nobody else is? That's how you feel with it. Those guys are good at what they do. My, my dad loved Hellfire and Brimstone preachers, and I've, I don't he? think I've ever actually sat through one in my life. I've been to one, and I was it was like a BSU event at my college, and I was like, I am not coming to this ever again. <laughs> Why would I? I, 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 mean, I hate myself. I, I literally hate myself because I came to this, so I'm not, I'm not going to come here and feel bad about myself. Where is this clip? All right, you tell me something while I find this clip and upload it. Because I don't All have right, them so, pre-uploaded so, right now. So you talked about how they are going to try to replace traditional truck drivers with automated trucks, right? Yep. Um, so the first um, lawsuit against Tesla went to court just recently. There was a, a young kid. I think he was – let me see if I can find that age real quick. Um, but there was a young kid. Um, he was driving with two friends in May of 2018, and uh, he was going 116 miles per hour in a 30 mile per hour zone. The he lost control. The b- person in the back seat uh, flew out of the car and was and survived, but he and the passenger died. And apparently, at some point, there was a lot of fire, maybe due to the battery. I'm not really sure of exactly what the s- situation was. But his dad decided to sue Tesla for the battery, saying that the battery burning was not something that he was aware of. And that's what what really killed his son was this fiery, burning death. I saw a lot of stories about that, actually, about these electric cars having producing fires that fire departments just they couldn't put out. It makes sense because I I used to work at a certain fruit branded computer store and i don't know if you know this about um you worked at you worked there yeah like when i was were you like, were you did you work at the genius ago. bar were you a genius i was i was not a genius but i was like a mobile genius so i would do all okay. of the stuff on the mobile devices rather than the computers but if you accidentally stabbed one of those batteries that are in the back of these or in the computer they do start spitting fire and and blowing up like Lithium-ion batteries are unstable. You do Wait, not let, want let, that stuff to So if you accidentally stab one of these, uh, I'm right. trying to imagine the scenario where you accidentally stab so, your phone. So typically, what if it's not a lot. I mean, some people are stupid. But um, a lot no. of times they would come in after they'd been dropped or something had happened. or that, And it would be – the phone would be inflated just a little bit, and it would be hot to the touch. Oh, yeah. And so we oh, were I've seen that actually. worried. When we would take these apart, we always made sure we were grounded. We made sure that there wasn't anything that could could pierce it on accident or anything like that because it will inflate and cause fire. Wow. So you guys take that level of precaution at the Apple store, yet I've never heard. I've never been warned to do that. I, I've had a phone swell up like that before. Well, I've yeah, never but heard. You're not, you're not going inside of it and and open and make it going to the point where the battery is really thin. What, what, are, you, what are you doing? They're tweaking its nipples. Uh, yeah, going just, in and tweaking you know, the, a little bit of that. <laughs> you're a little, uh, uh, just, um, but no, you're, you're not going towards those little areas that are thinner. So it's not something you really have to worry about. And you don't have to worry about grounding because you're not going to accidentally spark the motherboard, but moving on from that. Um, so <laughs> the, the batteries are a little bit dangerous and I could assume that this is true. Um, but what the dad sued for was one, the fire, 
Um, he, 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 the dad claimed that the crash was entirely survivable and that it was the ensuing fire that killed the teenagers. But the judge, he dismissed that the lawsuits claim that Tesla designed, designed defective lithium ion batteries that, that burst into an uncontrollable and fatal fire upon impact. So he, he said, no, that's not it. The other thing that he sued for was the dad, when he had bought his son this car, he he made he did he put in a block so it couldn't go above 85 miles per hour. Uh, but when the son went to go get his car serviced, he said, Hey, while you're while you're servicing my car, could you go ahead and take that off? And te- the, the local <laughs> Tesla dealership did. Yeah. I mean, why would they think any differently? They don't do they know that it was his father yeah. did, that had it in there or that he can't make this decision? Well, um, I mean, that's so, gonna be a subject of 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 probably legislation right there that very thing is who's responsible in that case right so so in this case they determined that 90 percent of the crash was was caused by the um the kid nine percent was caused by the father and the the choices he made in giving him the car apparently um and then nine percent this is the court this is what they came to the conclusion yeah, through the courts was, that's why i pulled it up because it was so weird to read um, so yeah, uh, Tuesday's verdict placed 90% of the blame on the driver, Barrett Riley, and 9% on his father, James Riley, who brought the lawsuit against Tesla. Tesla, uh, their appointment of responsibility was 1%. That was it. Because they did remove that block, right? Um, so what <laughs> the jurors recommended awarding the teen's mother, Ginny Riley, $6 million for pain and suffering, and $4.5 million to the father, the newspaper reported. Uh, but the apportionment of responsibility means Tesla will only be liable for $105,000, which is equivalent to 1% of the negligence as determined by the verdict. So who are they? Who's paying them? Like, how, how does the mother or father get this money if it's blamed on their son and the father and 1% Tesla? I, that's I don't know. That's kind of I, that's interesting. How do I'm interested in how they come to those percentage conclusions? It's almost like they have some sort of AI deciding the level of responsibility there. I, I've covered some cases before where in other countries where they actually have for lower level civil lawsuits they have yeah. a robot judge, like replacing huh. judges with robots, and that's that makes me think of that with the preciseness of. Who is at fault? I mean, nine, I mean, it's such a weird nine percent, one percent. I don't know how you deter- determine those types of things. Well, so I, th- I think what it, the way they det- they determined it mostly was one percent was how much they said Tesla owed after the lawsuit, which was one hundred nine thousand. Yeah. And so I guess ninety percent goes to the dead the dead son has to pay, and ten percent the the father has to pay. And so I don't think anyone's getting paid except for one hundred nine thousand dollars. Yeah, like $109,000 is like maybe a fraction of, of what Elon Musk has just kind of loosely underneath the seat of his car or in his couch. Right, that's what he hides in his foreskin in case he needs uh, prize <laughs> money. Yeah, so that, that's, yeah, that's definitely, uh, that's a reason why a lot of people might go in that area. I, I don't know. <laughs> that's why he but, has magic kids coming out of nowhere. Dude, he's got so many kids and his dad's got so many kids and his dad, I don't know if you saw the story about his dad where apparently he got his uh, stepdaughter pregnant and has two kids with a stepdaughter so he married a woman they were together for a long time and the woman had a daughter at the time she was like four years old when they got married they were married 19 years they got divorced and his dad was like well you know you're like a younger version of my ex-wife so what do you say we go ahead and start something up and ends up having secret kids with his stepdaughter which that 
I, from what I read, that caused conflict with the, I mean, obviously that caused conflict. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so he was like cited as saying kind of some of the same stuff that that Elon says, where he's just like, yeah, I think there should we should just produce. We're on this earth to produce children, and apparently his dad just goes around to good-looking women asking if he can reproduce with them. Well, um, Elon said not that long ago when the surprise twins came up that um, some we we have to populate Mars. That was that was what he said, and I was like, you're I. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, Whip. Who's a very smart man, very smart almond farm, farmer who I, I I love deeply. Um, he said, "I love how everyone calls a Tesla battery bank a battery. It's a box full of linked smaller batteries." So, little bit of learning on the way of Tesla. It's not actually a big battery. So, that makes sense that the fiery thing is not just one big battery exploding and causing a fire. Yeah, I think we're definitely learning a lot about these electric cars right now all of this stuff is trial and error for them so we're we're we are the, the earth is their lab we are their lab rats and they are continuing to experiment on us uh whatever it is they're trying to push forward i got those clips now of the reality check of cnn was was, was that a good like uh thing to let you get those ready was that yeah it was great no it was great i, I appreciate well, it i, I tried like i like i said <laughs> With the live shows we're doing, and of course we're gonna we're gonna experiment. We're gonna continue to to tweak it and refine it. I like the fact that we can have a conversation with it, as opposed to when I do the show on my own, where it's a little bit more a little bit more tight. And, and yeah. I, I like having the conversation. I like letting it breathe a little bit. So here's reality check from John Avalon of CNN comparing the parent Trump and people who support him to the Stranger Things upside down world. In the series Stranger Things, kids can get sucked into a dark alternate reality they call the Upside Down. It's got all the trappings of their town, Hawkins, Indiana, but it's a twisted mirror, a different dimension, devoid of reason, where fear infests everything. Now, the Upside Down is one way to understand the palpable strangeness of the election denial hive mind that's been exposed by the January 6th hearing. Okay, is that what the January 6th hearings have exposed? The election denialism hive mind? I, I, I didn't realize that that had been so evident based on these hearings where we actually have no firsthand witnesses, nobody who actually saw anything, nobody who can account for any wrongdoing, any criminal activity. I didn't know that that is what that exposed. This is like a desperate attempt here, as you made a great example of earlier, of trying to make people care about it. Like at those churches, yeah. they say they're going to watch this movie. Come, we, we like the same things that you do. We know you're watching this. We're going to watch this. What a, what a desperate appeal to popular culture, the most popular show on Netflix right now. Amazing and stupid. So Totally stupid. stupid. <laughs> I mean, what, it's a, such a stretch. The way, election denialism is like the upside down world. That's how you explain this mass psychosis of, of uh, people who agree with Trump. It, it's just such a stretch. Like everything that they're doing is such a stretch. It makes, makes these leaps in logic. It, it, I mean, that's why they have to keep people just constantly bombarded with these messages because anybody who just like paused for a second, took a step back and said, wait a minute. I feel like there's a lot of logical fallacies going on here. Like you're yep. kind of jumping over some things, assuming a lot of things, and not really proving anything that you're saying. And, and, and they don't want people thinking about that. They don't want people asking those questions. They hate questions. Questions are their enemy. He's CNN's got some not more. sending their best. CNN, yes, absolutely They're not, not sending They're, their best. Haven't sent their best in a long time. All right, he <laughs> continues. Because virtually every Trump administration figure who we've seen testify under oath 
said they knew the ex-president lost a free and fair election. Some of them even confronted Trump and his cronies about that fact. But Team Normal could never convince Team Crazy living in the upside down. All right, so there's me in a bird suit um, on screen right now for those of you who are listening. I have, so I cut the videos, and in between the videos to space them out, I, just, I don't do a whole bunch of different clips. I make them one video, and I space them out with just random images. And there's an image of me in a bird suit on the screen right now. What he just said there, where he, he's saying that Team Crazy. Now, Team Crazy, I learned, is Rudy Giuliani. It's Michael Flynn. It's that other lawyer, that female name, Sidney, Sidney Powell, and Trump. Mm-hmm. And they are the ones who were pushing the idea that the election was stolen. And these very smart, you know, measured, wise people who some even Republicans opposed them, team normal, were trying to tell them, no, 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 Trump actually lost. First of all, the idea that team crazy, that's their best insult. It's calling them team crazy, that label, which is something that you would think that people on the left would would find wrong, offensive. You can't call people crazy. That's like a real mental health. Yeah, that's a problem in America. So we're going to call them that. Yet they act like because people told Trump, hey, you lost, people who had not investigated anything, who had no knowledge of what was going on in the States, who spent little time, no time really, actually asking questions about it, they came to the conclusion that the media came to, and they just said that he lost. So because he doesn't agree with them, that means that he himself intentionally tried to like, you know, do a coup against America. And they also, the the concept is so strange the way they're trying to kind of manipulate this. The concept here that they're team crazy, that team normal could not convince them, that contradicts what the actual January 6th committee narrative is, which is that Trump knew that he lost the election and that despite that, he intentionally told his followers, supporters, that he won and he riled them up. You can't be team crazy and not know what's going on and also know at the same time, which one is it? So, but uh, yeah, well, I mean, and team normal. Team, team normal. Yeah. What a boring team. Lunatics. What a boring no, team to be normal. on. But I mean, not to mention like uh, team crazy. That's the same caliber as ultra mega. Cause Oh, that's, that's bad. That's a bad, the basket of deplorables. You don't think that there are some people out. I mean, I, this guy seems a little bit like a nothing, like a nothing burger re- idiot. Um, but how many people, if they heard this, would have, would have gone with the hashtag team, team crazy? Because it's You're better right. than team normal. The, the meme would have definitely swung towards Trump. That happens a lot. They try and create these memes. They think they're going to get momentum on, and it always gets co- it always gets co-opted by people who like Trump, and they make fun of them for it. it they, they're so, it's so bad the way they do this. It's almost like it's – I mean, they're very cringe, almost like it's intentional. I guess they're just bad at it. But let me, let me ask you. This just seems like the most obvious question to me. If Donald Trump – wanted to stage a coup if he wanted to upset this election first off at that point in time he had the the world's largest army on his side with probably at least half of those soldiers in his in his yeah. bucket not to mention the dude's a billionaire why would he just go hey guys some some people come to my thing and you know you can do a coup it doesn't make any sense none of their story makes sense some people would dispute that he's a billionaire they'd say he lied about that i don't know well, of course Person- he's rich I, like i that com- i guess that's a thing for rich people is they're like they want to be a billionaire or whatever because of perception personally i'm like you know a millionaire is okay with me i don't know why that's a, a battle but, imagine, but oh good imagine nitpicking because you don't like someone 
Not because you actually right. care whether or not they're a billionaire or believe whether they're a billionaire or not, but because you want right. to just dig at them in these stupid, silly, petty ways. But that's how you go about it. Right. And that, they, they do. They find these petty reasons, misspellings and tweets, which I honestly, I think Trump used to miss. I don't think that he was doing the tweets. I think he had a, a communication person doing them. Yeah. And I think they misspelled things on purpose because they knew that that would be the focus of the media's attention. And it would make the media look like elitist douchebags when Stephen Colbert does 10 minutes on a misspelling that Trump made. Uh, like he's a, a, a grammar Nazi. I mean, what, what, an, what a prick who, who likes a person like that? Well, here, and here's the thing. If you look at the people, not everybody, some people do it in ways that they're being helpful and, you know, they do asterisk your and spell it right, you know? Right. But what's amazing is when you see those people on Twitter and they think they're smarter than they are. They're midwits. They're in the middle of the bell curve. You know, they're, 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 they're not, they're like 115s. So they, they believe that they are smarter than they are, whereas people at like 130 plus do not believe they're as smart as they are. So there's this, mm -hmm. it's the, the, what's the effect, Dunning Kruger effect. Um, and so what you'll see is these people will be in arguments with people online and then they'll correct their grammar as a slam dunk as if they just won. As if they argument. got them. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's, it's like, I don't think they realize they are literally flexing a fourth grade understanding of the English language. Yeah. It's an odd thing to really, you know, go to sleep at night feeling good about yourself that you slam somebody because they put a <laughs> colon instead of a semicolon on Twitter. Right. You know, everybody gets their four? kicks the ways they do, you know. Midwits, man. So we have some more from this guy and he continues. He gets more ridiculous as we go on. And you'll kind of notice as you see a few more of these clips that he likes to use these really like these phrases that he spent a, a hard time coming up with, which by the way, after this, I'm going to play that phone call that they talk about all the time. That is the most damning evidence between Trump and all of them. But let's continue to hear what this guy has to say. So I don't know how many seconds this image is going to be on the screen here before it switches over. Upside down doublespeak was always key to his communication, but it was especially... I, I just have to stop it there. Upside down doublespeak? I mean, what is, he just fabricated that out of thin air. Upside down double. That is not a thing, okay? There's no upside down doublespeak in Stranger Things. <laughs> what an no, idiot. saying what he means. Right, no, just, it's just, this guy's an idiot. No, he, he is so full <laughs> of it. So I'm trying not to swear, but he's so full of it evident on january 6th so when he said this and take that back real quick uh, i want to punch him for so when he said this screen. today we will see whether republicans stand strong for integrity of our elections when he said strong he meant weak what he was really looking for were weak members of congress willing wait a minute how, how did he deduce that well how did he deduce what he he just he cut that clip off clip off in the middle and then he just started flipping it on his head and saying something that, that was not actually there i mean un, this is what they do all the time i can't stand these people when he I said mean, I gotta, what he meant was small right right here, here look what, what he said when he said this presenting an example of what he was trying to prove. And then he presents a very brief, you know, cut off in the middle of a sentence example. And then he says, but that's not what he meant. Here's what, I mean, how do these people have jobs? Because their jobs are probably, I have to remind myself of that. They're not real journalists. Their job is to do this. Their job is to piss me off. It's to be propagandist. So they're actually effective when it comes to that. Although their ratings, their ratings are failing. CNN's failing. Let's take that back. And I won't interrupt it this time. Here we go. When he said strong, he meant weak. What he was really looking for were... 
All right, take it back a second there. There we go. Here I go. Today we will see whether Republicans stand strong for integrity of our elections. When he said strong, he meant weak. What he was really what? looking for were weak members of Congress willing to abandon their integrity. And when he told the You're right, it's weak to stand up and object to something when everybody else around you is doing the opposite. It's weak to be the only one that goes against the crowd. That makes a lot of sense, you absolute prick. Crowd well, and, and it, it doesn't even make sense the way he said it because Trump said, and the Republicans will stand strong, but he meant weak. So is he trying to say that what Donald Trump was really saying was, and Republicans will stand weak? Right. Yeah. 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 This guy's a clown. <laughs> we will not be intimidated into accepting the hoaxes and the lies that we've been forced to believe. It was just more projection because Trump was the one trying to intimidate folks, most notably then Vice President Mike Pence, into accepting his hoaxes and lies. And finally, infamously, at 2.24 p.m., when Trump tweeted that Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our Constitution, that was just another dispatch from the upside down. There, there's another one. That was just another dispatch from the upside down. I mean, how long did he work on that trash right there? I mean, what, what other iterations did he go through before he came up with, I got it, I got it. That's just another dispatch. He's doing late night radio with that voice he's got going on there. Sierra, not a Mexican, says in the chats, ironic that this segment is called Reality Check. Absolutely. It's absolutely ironic. There's nothing reality about this check that we're getting right here from this I just got from this ass clown. I'm sorry. I just have to say it. He's an ass <laughs> clown. But no, I mean, and, and this is this just goes along with the common vernacular from the elites and from the, the politicians. Look at the damn Patriot Act. You think that's yeah. a, a Patriot Act? Look for the look at the um, uh, uh, affordable, affordable Care Act. All right. of these are lies. Yeah, all yeah. Of them. the way they, they always it's, you know, you know, it's frustrating, but it also can be fun looking at their ridiculousness and deconstructing it, which I, so people sometimes, you know, uh, we talk about, you know, analyzing what they do and calling it out, whether we should give attention to it and stuff. I personally think that it's good to give attention to it and deconstruct it because when we see it here and when we focus on their direct and indirect methods of propaganda, we can then like apply that thinking and the, look at the logical fallacies and, and right. the reasoning they're using to other news stories as well because that's our defense. Like these questions and, and these, this analysis that we do is our defense because it's, like, it's not people like this guy that we're vulnerable to, you know, because we, we know that he's full of it. It's people that we identify with that we relate to who are the ones they'll send after us, you know, who are putting the messages in their mouth. So I think applying this type of like, you know, deconstruction to those people as well. Personally, it helps me to kind of check myself when I get a little too emotional or tribal because I go, no, that's what they want right. you to do. Take a breath. That's what they want you to do. Well, and, and not to mention that when, when we talk about these things and we point out the obvious and we, we kind of try to understand the things that are a little bit more nuanced, you also get such great material to mock these people with. You really do. And, and, and that's what we yeah. need. We, meet, we need more people mocking this. Right. You know, we just got to compete, compete with Colbert. You know, he's so good at comedy right now. We just got to be able to get up to that level. It, it makes me so sad because Colbert really is a great improviser. 
He is. Yeah, he's really ruined himself, in my opinion. A couple more of these, and then I'm going to go through that legislation that he actually calls for at the end of this little segment here. And we'll look at what it is, and then we'll hit, then we'll hit the XR. Go ahead. Did we, did we talk about antidepressants, or was that just before the show? That was before the show we talked about that. Okay. We might have to save that for the XR here. Let's okay. see. So... Now, the real tragedy is that so many people believe these lies, and some still do. But there are signs that the January 6th hearings, especially the testimony of Trump administration officials, have started to reassert the value of facts across party lines. All right, I have to stop that there. The real tragedy is that people believe these lies. If you go to voter GA, Garland Favorito in Georgia, who is the only person that I'm aware of, I'm sure there's others, though, who are doing real, like, election challenges work, who has uncovered actual discrepancies in the vote count, proven that neither the left nor right disputes. The only thing they dispute is what caused it. The left says that it was an idiot person who made a mistake, and Brad Raffensperger, he he fired them, so it's taken care of. The right says widespread voter fraud. But they don't dispute that there was a discrepancy. And Garland and his team, they get railroaded at every turn. They have very little money to fund their effort, so they're not big flashy they don't have a slick website they just do the work so there is evidence and there are people who have continued to produce evidence that are getting railroaded left and right so that is not a tragedy that is people who are actually looking at the people doing the real work to show the problems in the election and garland is in by no means a partisan person when i first met him it was when we interviewed him on WSB, and he was saying that there were problems with an election in Georgia, I think it was back in 2018, where he thought that John Ossoff had actually won the Democrat, that he had actually beaten Karen Handel, who was a Republican. So he, he thought that the, he was doing this, if he had uh, produced the results that he thought were correct, it would have been in favor of the Democrats. He's not a partisan person. So this guy's full of it when he, when he says that that's a tragedy. It's absolutely not. Do you hear my thunder in the background? I do. It was really bad storm here last night. Testimony of Trump administration officials have started to reassert the value of facts across party lines. Okay, that's the one, that's the part that I forgot to mention. The value of facts across party lines. And he's talking about the January 6th hearings. There's no facts being presented in the January 6th hearings. It's like they get an opportunity to present that facts. Somebody comes to them and says, hey, I have some actual facts that might prove your case. And they say, no, 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 no. This hearing is a lot of things... It is not factual. We will have no facts in this hearing. Get out of here. Arrest this man with his facts. It, it doesn't matter because they would have brought Steve Bannon in. They would have brought actual firsthand witnesses. And I know Steve Bannon is a, you know, he's going to get up there and he's a P.T. Barnum guy. He's going he's gonna to displace. That's what he does. But the fact is the reason he's on trial is because he did not come in. He did not. He, he rejected their subpoena. He refused to come in. So now he's on trial. And. Even if it was a ploy, he said he would come in. They had the opportunity to bring him in. They made arrangements last minute to bring others in. I mean, this is the guy that's going to get your ratings, Steve Bannon. You yeah. bring Steve Bannon in here, I'd watch. I'd watch on primetime. But they won't bring anybody in that they, can, that they cannot control. So there's no, no facts about this. I mean, to act like this is factual is a slap in the face. He must think that the Democrats that support them are absolutely stupid, that they're the dumbest people on the planet if they believe this nonsense. Well, and one of the things I wanted to point out, and he kind of made this point again, but I, I meant to say it earlier, but I totally forgot. But the, the, the conversation about ex-Trump people, um, like saying that, oh, well, I told him that this was the truth, or I, I did this, and I, I did, I always believed this was a fair election, and I told Trump that. Right. Okay, first off, this isn't a criminal probe. 
No, not at not, all. It's not. I mean, it's it's not. And so these people, these people who lost, these people who Trump didn't take with him to Mar-a-Lago, these people who want to have a have future service in Washington have every incentive to say the things that they are saying without any evidence whatsoever. I know it's like the worst system ever. Re- so read the book, The Big Con. Everybody should read the book, The Big Con. It's great. It shows how these these travel. It's like. This guy, a writer, he traveled with these roaming con artists back in the like late 1800s. He wrote a book about it. And they would take over entire towns. They'd get the police and every politician in that town involved, and they'd set up shops, and they'd do it all for just one big target. And they'd bring this one big target in, and this person would think he was having a real experience that was not controlled or manipulated at all. The reality is they were all there to get his money. And when you see the level of coordination they had back then— it makes you go, wow, that makes sense what we see right now. I do want to comment something here real quick. Denver Attaway says it's meant to be di- meant to be a distracting circus. Yes, it is. As, as we dive further into the abyss of provoking World War III and a full-on technocratic hell. It does. It is meant to be provoking, and I do think that it is intended to divide us. And I, I like to point out, like, or I like to, to comment that I don't think we should, like, I think we should expose people to this, but I think that we should be peaceful about it. I think we can be sarcastic and fun, but but when we see the aggression that others give, I don't think we should. I don't think we should have that same aggression. I think we should talk to people in when we have the opportunity in one-on-one, more personal settings, or you know, smaller settings that is not necessarily digital, because digital setting is a setup for failure. Failure. It's a setup for division and World War Three, cyber well, war. And I, it, when you when it comes to social media and Twitter, this is there there. If you're talking to someone in person, this is a, a time to dig into the other person, to understand them, to have a right. conversation, to expound on what you're thinking, to figure out what they're thinking, and yep. to convince them of something that's right. But if you're going to be in public, if you're going to be on social media, especially Twitter with that 180 character limit, you don't need to debate. In fact, I'm against debating. Yeah, kind nobody's of there the board, to debate. No matter yeah. what. You don't have the space. You you can't really do it justice, and and it's annoying to read if you follow one of those people who's always debating. Yeah, but, right, totally. If you've ever tried to do that to engage in an actual debate on Twitter, you quickly realize, okay, that's not what this is for. Nobody's doing that, right? Or on Facebook. I mean, oh, I, yeah, no matter what social media. If if you're going, to, I, first off, I'm not going to debate. But if you're going to have a conversation, if you're going to have a discussion, if you're going to argue with someone, do it in person and save your arguments for people you care about. Right, and do but, it compassionately. Totally do it compassionately. But Twitter is a different story. This is the place where you have short ways to tell, to call out, not your friends, not the, the, the small soldiers and the NPCs on Twitter about what they're saying, unless it is to mock the system, unless it's to mock these heads of state, these elites, et cetera. This is the place where you, you cause cognitive dissonance in people through mockery. Yep. And I think that that's what it's for. And if you're debating or trying to have like, just don't just mock the bad guys. And yeah, it's like the emperor, it was that little kid who got, said, the why is the got his clothes. Yeah. yeah. Why is he naked? Yeah, totally. And so, then other people could say, Oh, he is naked. I didn't know that. Yeah. So I think you're right. You have naked. those conversations with people. And I think a combination of, of talking to people and uh, compassionately and actually listening like me, I, when I, I'm open to having my mind changed. I, I don't, I don't, care if trump is good or bad i i remember when i first started investigating the whole jeffrey epstein thing years and years ago that my assumption was that him and the clintons were all just as guilty of some sort of pedophilia as anyone else what i discovered was that the people actually involved in it including the lawyers 
said, and I talked to one of them personally, that Trump actually helped the investigation. He was the only one who did not dodge yep. a deposition. And he came out looking, if you actually dig into that, while he was on the jet one time, it was because he was there at a party. He was eating in the kitchen with the people working. This is the stories that the lawyers and the, and the court documents tell. This is not right. my speculation about it. Maybe they're making it up. I don't know why they would, but maybe, maybe they would. Anyway, if you really dig into that, you find that he doesn't come out looking like the Clintons do and not, not in any way. Right. And my assumption going in was that he would. So I'm open to having my mind changed about it. I am committed to none of these politicians. I think they're all there to lie to us one way or another. And so I think that if you can really look at the people you're talking to, especially people that you see one-on-one that your friends and family that might disagree with you, understanding that one, their initial way of reacting to what you say is probably going to be not reacting to you, but reacting to the stereotype that has been created about people who disagree with them. And when you can shatter that stereotype by not saying the trigger words or saying the, the things that they've kind of conditioned people to say in this tribal war and asking different questions, it kind of short circuits them. And when it short circuits them, the cognitive dissonance that you said, then you can actually explore. It's like that Jordan Peterson clip, that famous clip of his, where he's talking to that woman about the transgender stuff. And he just really, I mean, he sh- you can see her literally short out on camera. And that type of stuff will spark people over time to rethink their positions. And then they will go to social media, like you're saying, and they will go back and look at all, the, all those things that other people are saying. And they will start to maybe say, oh, I see what's going on a little bit better now. Right. It's just, I mean, it's a constant, I don't want to say battle. It, it is just the, the progress of human nature is back and forth conversation and, and growth together. And I think if we look at it that way, that we are not enemies with people. We're, with these, yeah. we're, we just want to like, you know, let's just do something cool together. You know, let, let, let's have a, yeah. a great world, a great planet, and let's love each other and stuff like that. Right. Well, and, and that's 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 the thing is it's planting a seed of doubt. Um, but like Mary Poppins, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. So humor and ways to do that. If you can push that seed. Right. Yeah. Of doubt that seed of cognitive dissonance that grows in their mind, but it's in their head because they laughed at it. Because uh-huh. they believe Absolutely. because it was an autonomic response, one that they can't control, that they agree with what they just heard. A- Absolutely, and you're right. Undeniable. It's disarming to people if you can, in a not an attack way, but in a in a just a silly way, a funny way, kind of yeah. kind of mock what they're saying, and they will. They do. It's unbelievable. I think I told you about my friend before, Bob. He was really good at that. He yeah. he could always kind of mock himself, and he he would always with a smile just laugh and. and 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 mock the position that a lot because we were surrounded by people who who held these positions and it was it was interesting just to watch them kind of like melt and and then start talking in a real way they they stopped talking to the stereotype and started talking to the person and once that happens their power is gone and then you have a real conversation you have real growth all right we're gonna wrap this portion up we're gonna finish this clip and then what we're gonna do because uh. I always underestimate how how long we'll go on this, which is good. I, I'm okay with it as long as you are okay being here. And Cam, I, I want to say, I'll say this on on not film on film and on audio. If you, if I'm ever keeping you too long, I have no qualms with you saying, "Hey, dude, shut up! I gotta go. I got the kids. I got the wife. I need to go." Let me know, and uh, I will, and I'll I'll get us out of here. I don't ever want to keep you longer than you can good. be here. But I want to finish I'll, I'll, this. I'll give it a nice wink when I do it, though. Totally. Yeah, yeah. So we'll finish this, and then we'll go to the XR. And what we'll do in the XR is we will go through the legislation that was just presented about the electoral votes that was a direct response to the January 6th hearings. And that is, that is the 
whole basis why they were able to present this legislation and they're trying to pass it. They're trying to change an over 100-year-old law based on this. Yeah. So that is a real effect they're trying to have based on a complete you know, fantasy fiction. Let's change this really, really old law and let's take power away from the states and the people and let's give more to the federal government. That is yeah. what's, go- what's going on with that. And we'll also play a little bit of that audio of Trump and Brad Raffensperger because I was thinking about it last night. I was like, you know, this stuff is worth revisiting because the main piece of evidence that they say is the most damning evidence against Trump is that call between him and the Georgia Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, where he threatened him and tried to force him to find 11,000 fabricated votes. We're going to play that, and we're going to see if that's really what went on there. And what we will also do is I want to play clips of the worst takes that you've ever heard about Hunter Biden, and I want to vote. And I want to see which one, Cam, that you and everybody who's watching thinks is the worst. Because I'm, I, I can't say this enough. You're not going to hear worse takes on Hunter Biden than <laughs> what you hear in these clips. I was floored. I would hear one. And then I would catch my breath and say, man, that was the worst take I've ever heard. Then I get hit in the throat with an even worse take. It's pretty unbelievable. So we're going to yeah. do that in the XR, patreon.com slash propaganda report if you want to access that. For now, let's finish up the, the, this reality this reality check. What a joke. And I, <laughs> I do want to say that that conversation about antidepressants and depression, I think that should be in the main show. Absolutely. Oh, you Whenever we do right. the next one. Okay, so, show, I think, I all think right, that's so, important for people to hear. Let's reserve that. Cam brought some great information about really interesting information. Heck, tomorrow, if you're free, mm-hmm. I'm, I'd love to talk about tomorrow. So let's figure out if yeah. you're free tomorrow or, or whenever we can next do it, and we'll talk about that because that is an interesting subject. Oh, yeah. Let's go back to reality check for now. Now, the more difficult question is how this hot house of unreality took hold of so many people's minds. So many. So how long did it take him to come with that? Like, that just makes you just like, <laughs> oh, this guy, hot house <laughs> of unreality. Is that what he what said? It, yeah, he said, how did this hot house – I mean, he must have workshopped that around. Everybody had seen it. Maybe Brian Stelter worked on that line with him. What an embarrassment. Families and friends. Now, at least in part, it's the downstream effect of hyperpartisan media and disinformation grifts. It's an <laughs> ecosystem that promotes confirmation bias and conspiracy theories because anger and anxiety is great for monetizing engagement. But this steady stream of alternative facts leads to a total loss of perspective. It made super fans think that Trump couldn't possibly lose an election, despite having never been above 50 percent job approval in Gallup's polling. It made them demonize Democrats to the extent that they could not accept defeat, causing self-styled patriots to rally around lies culminating in the attack on our capital. What? Since I mean, that is just extraordinary. This is news. This is being presented on a news channel. That extraordinary propaganda we just heard. We have Denver Attaway again saying here that he generally finds that these people are not informed, but they are confident that they are informed. It's psychosis. Yeah, it, it could be either one psychosis or the fact that they know the principle of you just pretend like you know what you're talking about. And if you pretend well, like you know what you're talking about, you can lie about things and people who are uncertain will believe you based strictly on the fact that you are acting confident in the way that you're saying it. He also just gave a great excuse for why cnn is doing so badly and not making any money <laughs> because why? they're the, 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 well i mean it, maybe it's not a great excuse but he's like you know the stirring up this this uh disinformation and making people angry and outraged is is how you monetize it's super easy to monetize oh is it then why don't yeah, you CNN do plus. CNN? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, in a way, he's actually monetizing it because he's getting this little segment that he does, and which apparently this is a thing he does. He does this segment on this was New Day during the, their morning show, and he has like an hour long podcast where he continues this. If you know, it's hard to believe, but he can actually go even more sensationalistic, bombastic, if you will, than he's going right here. I think we have one more clip of him wrapping this up here. Baffle them with bullshit. That's right, There's BioDigital. No fix for getting out of the upside down. But it's clear that we need to defend facts against all forms of groupthink, especially. There's no facts. They're not defending facts against groupthink. Okay, there is no facts. He's presented no facts. The committee's presented no actual, like, hard facts. Okay, nothing is provable. It's hearsay what they're saying. And the facts they have presented haven't been anything consequential. So anything that's relevant, consequential, have all been, like, third, fourth party hearsay. There is no facts to defend. What this guy's a prick. He's a liar <laughs> from our political allies for added perspective and context. We need to act against all forms of groupthink, especially from our political allies <laughs> for added perspective and context. We need to invest in civic education again and social media algorithm reform so that conspiracies can't always outrun reality online. OK, so that right there, we need to invest in this education program, this indoctrination of children where they're going to talk about online digital literacy, where according to him and others who, who want to control this, they will teach people what is disinformation, what is not. They will teach people that they should only trust these sources and these other sources are bad. They are not good. Only trust the institutional sources and you should stay away from conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories are dangerous. They're deadly. Anybody who spouts them is probably racist or evil or, or, or a Nazi. And they don't ever bring up the fact that there's been demonization programs against, quote, conspiracy theorists who question their narrative for like 60 years now. Like literally the CIA carried out an operation of demonizing people who presented conspiracies regarding the JFK assassination. There was an operation to make them look bad because they did not want yeah. people questioning it. And why would I believe dollar store Shepard Smith? Like, <laughs> look at this guy. Is he not? He does. Guy, he's like a tan Shepard Smith. Yeah. If you ordered Shep Smith on 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 Wish, this is the guy that would come in the mail. Is he? You think he's straight? This guy? Isn't Shep Smith? He's gay. Oh, I don't. I think I've heard that. I don't really. I think he's gay. I think he came out a couple years ago. This guy. I think this guy's probably straight. I don't know if he's ever had intercourse. This, Does it look like he has? <laughs> this guy was plucked from the from the uh, local weatherman circuit to do this show. They have, yeah, no, he does have that voice. So they could have like this factory, kind of like Westworld below CNN, where they just have all these carbon copies of Shepard Smith that they can just <laughs> pump out. And, and this is one of them right here. Here's the last few minutes of this. And finally, Congress needs to pass Electoral Count Act reform so no future coup attempt can succeed. Okay. Yeah, we've lived through a strange dystopian time. <sighs> I hate this but guy. But we don't have to live there forever. And that's your reality check. You know, I was just, that's our reality check. Thank you for just really helping us understand reality. And I was actually thinking something similar to what Denver Attaway says in the comments here. If he knows all, the, you know, this, this newsman, he cries into his pillow every night, sobbing uncontrollably. I was wondering, what does this guy do when he goes home at night? When he looks in the mirror, if he has kids, if he has a family, if he has a dog, I'm sure his dog hates, he, is, if this guy's a dog, his dog hates him. There's no doubt about that. Well, here's, here, how does he here feel about himself? I would say I'm looking at this guy first off. This dude only drinks Michelob Ultra. <laughs> and beyond that, his dog hates him, but it's because every time he gets home, he doesn't have a wife. He doesn't have kids. Look at him. 
He's too fresh faced. This, 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 this is not a man who has gone through the rigors of, of raising children. He spends all his he, time coming up with words like the what, what did he say earlier? The I can't remember the weird the way he phrased the, the hot bed of unreality. That's what it was. The hot bed of unreality. What an idiot! But this guy, the, the the dog hates him because you know he just comes in the house, grabs the peanut butter that's that's right next to the door, oh, and he God. goes, "Come oh, here, God, buddy." That's, that's that's yeah. He might. <laughs> He might. I have no idea. Did I outblue you just now? He might. We might go too far in that description there. He might. It, it, what's get, so? Think about this though. This is CNN, who whose head, whose new guy who replaced Zucker, came in and said, "We're cleaning things up and we're doing real journalism." Okay, we're doing real journalism, and yet this type of content still exists on their network. They're doing real journalism. The fact that somebody feels emboldened to go on a national news network and spout things that he just spouted here with no evidence, just completely sensational, bombastic things, and he, he, does, he seems unconcerned with it. I, I think that tells you about the progress CNN is making when it comes to rebuilding trust and actually being a legit news organization. It's not, it's not real. Yeah, it's not real. And also, I'm just going to say, maybe I'm crazy here, but it looks like CNN really did their work and spent the money to buy jackets that are too big for these two men right here. It is a little bit. It's a little too long for him. He looks a little bit child, like a child. So, I mean, look at the other guy, too. Like, yeah, that, neither uh, of these, neither of these, these uh, suit jackets fit. That would be funny if whoever is like the wardrobe person is wants to be the alpha. So he just orders <laughs> suits and jackets that make everybody else look like children. It's way too big for him. His is like really tight. You know, he looks ripped in his. Everybody else is really tiny in theirs. Okay. All right. So I think that's going to wrap it up for the uh, DMB version of the show. We're going to continue with the XR where, as I said, we're, we'll play some of that phone conversation that is the evidence uh, with Trump and Raffensperger, and we'll see what you guys think about that evidence, and then and I want to get everybody's thoughts on this, everybody who's interacting in the chat, and you can on which one of the Hunter Biden takes I'm going to play for you that were on CNN last night, which one is the worst take? Because they're all bad, and it's, a, it's a, actually an intriguing competition. It's going to be a good race. I want to find out which one wins. So if you want to get access to that content, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and you can subscribe there. We will talk to you all next time. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for interacting in, in the chat. Cam, thank you for being here. Have a fantastic rest of your day.